You're listening to a People of Note podcast, as heard on Classic 1027. Good evening, and welcome to People of Note on Classic 1027. I'm Richard Cock, and this program is broadcast every Sunday from 6 to 8 p.m. In it, I talk to someone who is a person of note, and we listen to music of their choice. And my guest in tonight's program is Magdalena de Vries, who is a fabulous marimba player. Welcome. Thank you, Richard. Good evening to the listeners. It's great to have you on the program. You've often been on Classic 1027 because your music is played on the station, but I don't remember your being on People of Note, but it's great to have you here. And I know you've got some many things to talk about because you've got some amazing concerts coming up. And you must be one of the busier concert givers in South Africa. Well, um, it's always fantastic for me to hear myself on Classic FM and, yes, to have the opportunity to perform throughout the country and, and even around the world is, is really a privilege. It's, it's a hard-working privilege because I'm always trying to f- find new opportunities or create new concert combinations, but uh, it's certainly something I wouldn't trade for anything. And just tell us uh, how you got into playing the marimba, because it's not something that everyone imagines that one plays. It's not like playing the flute or the piano. Exactly. The marimba is something rather different. It's rather different. Uh, sometimes I say it's pure craziness <laughs> or a bit of insanity. I uh, I started off as a, as a pianist, you know, um, back in the day. We all started learning the piano at primary school. Um, or the recorder. Yes, I, I stuck to the piano. <laughs> I think that was a safer choice in my case. Um, but very soon, and, and we were taken to live concerts by my parents, and I was always fascinated by the percussion section because they would never be standing still. Uh, I grew up for a large part of my life in Cape Town. So in the Cape Town City Hall, we used to sit behind the orchestra. So you had a bird's eye view on the percussion section. So that really grabbed my attention and fascination. But unbeknownst to me, um, the marimba existed. And uh, really only when I started playing, learning percussion, did I... I'm aware of this instrument called the marimba and it was really it was sort of a love at first sound rather than sight because it's just the most amazing sound that that the marimba produces um so that's sort of the short yeah. of how and I, I think, got ended uh, just up on the marimba. for the listeners sake we're not talking about the instruments that you might hear for example at the victoria falls hotel there are school marimbas but you play a concert marimba which is a rather different beast yes so it's it's basically like a so it's a westernized version of um the marimbas that still exist throughout the african continent uh so it has a keyboard like a piano so fortunately um having learned the piano it wasn't completely new set of so it's laid notes. out like it's a piano but out. a very giant piano indeed yeah. yes one that 
can be carried around and has to be carried around with you, but it comes with certain um, physical uh, strength that is required to do that. No, because um, every time you pack it up or put it out, <laughs> it takes, what, an hour or so? Depends, yes. If I have a good team with me, then it can be quicker, but at least half an hour to 45 yeah. minutes with... Uh, um, and at least I, I work on my muscles every time I do yeah, that. And, and once it's all put together, it must weigh quite a lot because it's it solid does. wood and metal. Yes. Uh, so I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have more than one marimba. Um, that's another chapter on its own. We'll talk about uh, that. So my, my big, my five octave concert marimba weighs uh, 300 pounds which i'm not sure how much that is in yeah, kilograms probably, but yeah 500 no 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 whatever about, my maths yeah. isn't good in that you know but it's quite heavy anyway. it's quite heavy yeah. and then my my newest addition to the marimba family uh, weighs about 150 kilograms i actually used it earlier uh, for a concert, uh, so yes. Well, let's listen to what this instrument is that you're talking about, the famous marimba, the concert marimba. What are we going to hear first? Well, so uh, this is actually um, a recording of myself, a concert I did a few years ago um, in at UNISA, which is a piece composed by Canadian composer John Thrower, for marimba and percussion trio and it's the final movement of his work called aurora borealis that was the final movement of aurora borealis by john thrower a canadian composer and it was played by marta de fries marta Lena de fries actually that let's just talk about that for a <laughs> moment because i've always known you as marta but i see your concert name is actually marta Lena. yes um uh, on the one hand, I mean, everyone knows me as Martha. I'm, I'm a Piscean, so I've got many names. Those two little fish swim in lots of directions. <laughs> but I, when I started uh, performing more internationally, uh, I actually just thought that Martha is you know, the, the the guttural sounds which we have in Afrikaans and in, in obviously in the Germanic languages are not always so easily pronounceable in other uh, parts of the world. Whereas Magdalena, or it could be Magdalena, it feels, sounds quite exotic too. <laughs> and and it, the, the length of the name kind of matches the, the length of my instrument. <laughs> yes, no, I get that. Uh, yeah, because um, the instrument that you have now uh, comes from America. Yes. And it's a very special instrument. Yes. So it's a um, the the company is called Marimba One, uh, and it's a relatively small uh, family-owned company where the instruments are not they're not mass produced. They are really only produced once you have placed your order. So it's custom made to a certain extent. I mean, basic things are obviously the same, but uh, something that counts in my favor is that the height could be chosen uh, on a frame that's not height adjustable. Okay, you'll have to explain <laughs> this for the listeners right. too. So for the listeners, if you haven't um, gathered from the tone of my voice, I'm not the tallest person in the Southern Hemisphere. <laughs> uh, so I'm just over one five, 
meters tall. So, yes. So I need something that can be quite low. And, and on top of that, I don't wear shoes when I perform. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, so, so Marimba One manufactures it once you've placed your order and, and <laughs> paid your the millions point. of dollars. Uh, and then they, uh, I could also choose the color of the resonators. The resonators are the pipes that really amplify the sound and um, the pitch on which the notes are tuned, uh, which can obviously vary from whatever. It used to be 440 hertz. Now it is tending to be more 442, which is what my instrument is. Uh, and the the owner of Marimba One is also uh, very much um, aware of the fact that Honduras rosewood, which is the wood used for the keys of the marimba, is on the brink of extinction. So what he does is for every marimba that he produces, he plants 16 rosewood trees, Honduras rosewood trees. Somewhere in the world. Yes. He's got... He uh, uh, works with uh, people in, I think, both Honduras and Belize, which is the other country where uh, this particular wood grows. So at least, um, you know, there's the social responsibility linked to manufacturing these amazing instruments. And the the fact is that, that Honduras rosewood really is the ultimate wood for, for this. For the marimba. Because it has to be hard and it has to make a good sound. Beautiful sound, yes. Uh, what are they made of in South Africa, as a matter of interest? The, the marimbas used in, in the schools are mostly uh, made of kiat, which is, you know, it's an in, indigenous wood, so that's also good. And it's a, it's a beautiful resonant wood, but it's not as hard, so... Uh, the tuning doesn't stay as accurate for a long time and it can chip more easily. Of course, it's a little bit lighter because with the um, the density of the wood comes the weight. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it's quite fascinating. I mean, rosewood, various rosewoods are actually used for so many different musical instruments. Um, so it's quite interesting that whoever, I think it must have been around about the 1920s when they started westernizing the marimba, that they discovered that rosewood, Honduras rosewood, is really the ultimate in terms of woods to use for making a marimba. So let's listen to some more music. What have you chosen next? Right, so I've got something more by myself, <laughs> if that's all right. Um, and this is a piece composed by a South American composer who is also a marimba player, Neiro Sauru. And it is the final movement of his concerto for marimba and strings. Uh, this is quite an old recording. Uh, it goes back to 2005 uh, when I performed with the uh, Cape Town Philharmonic Orchestra in the Cape Town City Hall. Um, and so it's the final movement called Despedida, which means farewell. That was the final movement of the concerto by Ney Rosauro, and it featured my guest in People of Note, Marta Lena de Fris, and the Cape Philharmonic Orchestra. And that was recorded in the City Hall in Cape Town, I guess. 
the scene of many of your triumphs. Absolutely. It's, it's still one of my favorite venues uh, in South Africa for performance. And that's exactly during that performance or prior to that performance that the, the no shoes story started because I had just come back from the United Kingdom and I bought myself the most amazing pair of shoes, which was just the right height for the marimba. Uh, now, for the listeners who are not familiar with the Cape Town City Hall, uh, there's lots of wood. And the stage is obviously also wooden and it's quite slippery. <laughs> so as I was warming up, I realized this could end very badly. badly. So that's why I decided, well, then let's just go for no shoes and I distinctly remember after the concert that an elderly couple came up to me and they were disagreeing with one another because I think the lady said I wasn't wearing shoes and the husband said I was wearing shoes so they had to clarify that so I had to say that I wasn't wearing shoes and and really since that day in January of 2005 I've not worn shoes when I perform. But it's probably better anyway. You can feel the vibrations in the floor. Oh, I feel the vibrations and I feel when the floor is dirty <laughs> and when the floor is freezing cold like in Grahamstown in the middle of winter as performances I've done with you several times. But it really just, uh, it just means, uh, it gives me the flexibility uh, to move around the instrument because again, for the listeners uh, who might not be familiar with the marimba, the five octave marimba is just under three meters long. So you so have to move physically from one end to the other. Physically, you have to move. And, and it's, there's no other way around it. I mean, it's not like you can wear roller skates or something like that. It's just, that's just how it is. So you, and, and I suppose because I'm not the tallest of people, um, my distances are, are further to travel. Yeah. So that's just... That's how it all came but, about. But you certainly have been an amazing um, missionary, if you like, for the marimba because mm -hmm. uh, you've taught marimba. You've taken it all around South Africa to perform. Uh, you used to have a little trailer that you attached to the back mm -hmm. of your car. And off you went to the most out-of-the-way places. Absolutely. Like even in the middle of the mountains at Grootvaders Bosch uh, Conservatory. Conservancy, sorry. Um, yes, it's it's an interesting thing. I mean, and and it's it's kind of something on the one hand that uh, boggles my mind, but on the other hand, it's what makes me tick is to make people aware of this instrument. And I understand on the one hand. I mean, if I didn't play it, maybe I wouldn't have been aware of the existence of this instrument and what an incredibly amazing instrument this is, the, the concert marimba. Um, so, and the best way to, to make people aware and to convince people uh, of the beauty of the instrument, obviously, is for them to hear and see it live. And I say see because the, the visual aspect is really such an important part of the performance of percussion in general, um, but particularly the marimba. I think because it's such a beautiful and grandiose instrument and 
just the general movements, the way you have to move around the instrument uh, creates that sort of dancing um, movement. Uh, and that's actually one of my, um, the projects I'm busy working on. It doesn't have any uh, confirmed concert dates yet, but it's uh, combining uh, the concept of dance with marimba performance. Uh, I've already commissioned two young South African composers to compose for me um, pieces on the theme Seven Dances for Marimba. And for the one composer, I've asked him to include terracotta plant, pot plant holders or whatever you call them, pots. <laughs> and the other composer, she was one of the finalists of the Samra Overseas Scholarship a few years ago to add tuned cowbells. So it's sort of creating... Um, Different timbres with the marimba. Oh, so the clay pots are going to be played. Played, okay, yes. Okay, I get it. Yes, yes, yes. I thought maybe they were stage props. No, 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 no. no. They, 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 they will be played, and they nearly exactly tuned to the specific notes of the marimba. So it's that slightly off but um, beautiful uh, mix of timbres. Uh, that um, and then they are suspended so I suppose in a way they are stage props because they'll be hanging from stands over the marimba um, yes it's that physical nature of of the instrument that really um, captures the the attention of the audience and and hopefully makes them fall in love with the instrument as much as I am <laughs> Okay, and talking of South African composers, have you got something by a South African composer amongst your choices? I do indeed. Um, a few years ago, I performed Hendrik Hofmeyer's Concerto for Marimba and Orchestra uh, with the KZNPO in the Durban City Hall. So there's a City Hall theme also, another absolutely beautiful uh, building. And this is the final movement of that concerto performed by the KZMPO and that was the third movement the final movement of the concerto for marimba and orchestra by south african composer hendrik hofmeyer and it was recorded with the KZNPO in the durban city hall the soloist was my guest in people of note machta de fris or machta liena de fris now one of the important things that you and I have been able to do over the years is to commission pieces for marimba because it's a relative newcomer to the concert mm. scene, isn't it? Absolutely. And this still goes on. We, we need to commission pieces all the time to keep composers in work and producing things. And you've got a concert coming up featuring uh, a South African composer. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I've worked on several projects with um, Franco Prinsloe, Pretoria-based composer, and uh, he has composed um, a new Easter oratorio in Afrikaans, and uh, so it has it features his uh, chamber choir, organ, a nice big marimba part, and some additional percussion, timpani, and some other drums. And uh, so that will be the world premiere, which we will perform at the ZK Matthews Auditorium, which is on the UNISA 
main campus. And have you got a date for that? Yes, that will be on the 4th of April, which is a Saturday night, uh, starting at 7.30pm. And uh, there will be tickets available at the door, uh, unless we sell out before then. But uh, if it's bought online uh, in advance, it costs a little bit less. So um, the bookings are... The bookings are on a website called TixSA, so T-I-X-S-A dot C-O dot Z-A. That will be 120 Rand. Otherwise, if it's at the door, if there are seats left, it will be 150 Rand. And it's really, it's it's just sort of a, um, a work in one, you know, obviously several movements as oratorios always are. Uh, so it will last just over an hour uh, and it is beautiful music we've had some rehearsals obviously we're still leading up to to that date uh, but really it's it's very exciting and and franco has really um a special talent to understand the way of composing for the voice and obviously for the marimba and the combination of these instruments. Well, I remember that we performed a new piece by him last year, all yes. about um, plants which were becoming extinct. extinct. Yes. Uh, and it was really an amazing piece mm. um, with the choir, my Chanticleer singers and the marimba, and there were dead leaves, I remember. Yes, it yes, was, dead it, leaves yeah, and it was some just the names. in between. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it was just the names of all the plants. And your reference to the spider was interesting because, just again for the listeners, we performed this piece in the Etienne Rousseau Theatre in Sasselberg, and we asked, I asked uh, Marta to put her hand into the bag because she'd, some, one of my choir members had brought a whole bag of uh, leaves from the from a tree uh, which was in their garden or in the Kruger Park or somewhere and she just collected up all the leaves and put them in a bag and when Marta put her hand in the bag to pull them out there was a big spider <laughs> and uh, all the choir members were shrieking and Marta was shrieking as this yes. giant spider was running around the stage yeah, <laughs> it was quite something <laughs> that's probably the fastest I've sprinted in my life <laughs> I, I don't mind them if they fortunately it was in a rehearsal yes <laughs> Yes, it would have been interesting if it was in the concert, but then I would have just pretended that the shriek was part of the <laughs> part of the plan. So, but this is obviously a major new work mm. that you're performing, yes. Kreis van Liefde. Kreis van Liefde. And that's happening on Saturday, the 4th of April at the ZK Matthews Hall at UNISA yes. at 7.30 p.m. Yes. And you can get your tickets at Tix SA. That's right. We will also have... Uh, another performance the next afternoon on the 5th of April at 3 o'clock in the afternoon at Engekaart which is quite far to the east in the east of, of um, Pretoria and we deliberately did it the weekend before Easter because a lot of people do or go away, go yeah. away or already have other plans or might be performing in the Rossini Stabat Mater in the Linda Yes, that's Auditorium. on Good Friday with my choir. Um, Has no marimba. <laughs> Bad composer. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but so, actually, it does have timpani. And the other thing that I, I've been doing a lot of um, is to play timpani in orchestra. 
which has been quite an interesting journey for me uh, because the tympanist has a very specific role. It's quite fascinating in the sort of in the percussion fraternity or the um, call it hierarchy for a lack of a better word. When you are the principal percussionist in an orchestra in in the perfect world where we have where there are full time paid orchestras, the principal percussionist is expected to double on timpani when the timpanist is ill or whatever or goes on holiday but the timpanist is just the timpanist he or she is never expected to do anything other than play the timpani and it's quite a fascinating thing I'm not sure how... It's a sort of political thing. Yes, yes. So so I've recently, sort of since the middle of last year, uh, played predominantly timpani in the orchestras in Johannesburg, Johannesburg Philharmonic and Johannesburg Festival Orchestra. And it's amazing. I I really find it such an expressive musical instrument. You know, it's just these four big drums. Um, But... it's really uh, you feel like a very uh, um, important member of the society, and so the Rossini Stabat Mater does have timpani. Good, I've I've researched that already. And what is your <laughs> next choice of music? So sticking with um, music of sort of surrounding Easter and uh, sacred music, uh, this is the opening of. Um, the St. Matthew's Passion by Johann Sebastian Bach, uh, who I think is the greatest composer that ever lived. And uh, it's just such powerful music. And, and this particular recording it is, is quite an old, old recording uh, conducted by John Elliot Gardner. But last year I had the privilege to hear it live in King's College, Cambridge, conducted by Sir Stephen Cleobury, who then very, just a few months after that, sadly passed away. So so it really is a, it, it's such a loaded, emotionally loaded piece of music anyway, but I suppose for me now particularly even more so. So here it is, the opening of the St. Matthew Passion. That was the first movement, Kommt ihr Töchter, helft mir klagen, from the St. Matthew Passion, the choice of Magda de Fries, who's my guest in People of Note. It was performed by the Monteverdi Choir under Sir John Elliot Gardner. You're listening to People of Note on Classic 1027. This program is broadcast every Sunday from 6 to 8. And tonight I'm talking to Magda Liena de Fries, who is one of the few professional marimba players in South Africa. In fact, you may be the only one. Yes, it's a. I mean, not wanting to, uh, you know, blow my own trumpet or hit my own marimba. It's a difficult. It's kind of a difficult um, instrument in the sense that it it requires first of all for you to have your own instrument, for you to have transport, and you have to be. you know, you have to be a lateral thinker, as as we've said already, and create things and opportunities. So there are, uh, there obviously are other percussionists who 
who do, play marimba. Who play the marimba. Um, but not as a specialist Not like you. as a specialist and not in you know as frequently as I do or try to do. Um, so that's, you know, of course that that does put me in a sort of a favorable position. I think it, it also it comes back to the whole, um, uh, what's the word, dilemma surrounding how well-known the instrument actually is. Uh, often when I try to tell people or <laughs> convince them to use me as a, a featured artist or soloist or whatever, they, they don't quite know what the instrument is and the capabilities thereof. So so it comes back to the, the sort of the promotion, prophesying <laughs> of the instrument yeah. uh, so that people can realize, oh, wow, it is an instrument that people would love to listen to, people would come back to listen yes. to. You know, it's not, it doesn't have to be a once-off every 17 years you know people go to piano recitals all the time violin cello which obviously are more um well known or instruments have been around for a longer well, period and, of time and the other thing is of course that you don't find these instruments so often around the country so wherever you go you have to take your own Basically instrument you have to take i mean orchestras do have marimbas but not of the quality that you're looking for yes no it is also it does really really add to the um to the predicament as a marimbist uh i am there are some instruments in the western cape and you know there are few and far between um but generally, yes, I, I'm not a jade setter. I'm a land cruiser. So that, <laughs> and that's just... And you've got two now. You've got two really professional instruments. Two top of the range, yeah. both manufactured by Marimba One. Yeah. Yes. Because, of course, as they get bigger, particularly in the bass area, mm. um, it becomes much more complicated because the resonators are so huge. That's right. Yeah. So it's that's also one of the reasons why the instrument isn't manufactured locally uh, at least at that range at, at that size because the lower frequencies are really complicated to tune um and for the listeners if they try and imagine a block of wood which is then arched at the bottom so that arch it can become quite thin to get the correct tone but then there's the risk of yes. the wood cracking. And I just want to tell our listeners also that when we uh, played the marimba, when Machter played the marimba at Baroque in the Bush, the low tones sound very much like the sounds that elephants make. And when we were playing the marimbas, the local elephants came very close by to come and listen because I seriously think they did come mm. to listen because they heard these low sounds sort of... And they all came to listen to see what was going on with this marimba. Absolutely, yeah. I think it's the the, the frequency, yeah. uh, sort of the murmuring frequency. So that lowness, and then of course linked to that, the the resonators, which are not tuned specifically to the note, but relatively to the note, also has to be longer or has to be um, bent in a way, cleverly so to. Um, you know, to have that sound. So talking about elephants and all sorts of wild animals, this is a quite an unusual 
piece of music. Certainly my favorite Walt Disney movie of all time is the original Jungle Book. And um, where there is, of course, the elephant called Colonel Harty. Harty is, in fact, the Hindi word, the Hindi word for elephant. And But I love King Louis. So this is I Want to Be Like You from The Jungle Book. That was music from The Jungle Book. That was the original motion picture soundtrack from the animated classic I Want to Be Like You. And it doesn't say here who is performing it, but um, we all know that Walt Disney never spares the bucks when it comes to recording. So it's likely to be some big orchestra, studio orchestra, um, recorded by Walt Disney. There's obviously quite a wide range of music for the marimba. It does feel, I must say, still a bit like a, and I mean this in the nicest way, like a real African instrument. Mm. I mean, it is an African instrument. It was exported, I guess, with slaves from Slave West cage. Africa over yes. to South America. It has a very South American feel. It does. Yes. Um, and then it's been refined there and then brought back as a concert mm. instrument. Yes. But it has very deep roots in Africa. It does. And and I think I always talk about the various personalities of the marimba. You know, because the, the concert marimba was influenced by not only geographical uh, spots, but also certain composers and performers. Uh, we have Keiko Abe in Japan, who really was one of the first people who fought to have the marimba as a concert instrument. And she was the one who also continued to uh, extend the range of the instrument to the lower range, so down to the low sea where the elephants could also appreciate the marimba. So that's Japan. Um, in Europe, also, uh, you know, it has grown to be a very popular instrument. Um, United States, of course. But of course, it's still, in Africa, it's still played in Africa. still played. And very often in its, in its original form. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I remember, I just want to tell the listeners also about a performance I once heard in Grahamstown uh, with um, a group of um, chopi uh, xylophone players. I, I think it was called a xylophone rather mm. than a marimba. Yes. I'm not quite sure what the subtle mm. difference is. But this, it was so loud. It yes. was a whole team of, yeah. well, I thought they were marimbas, but they called them chopi mm. xylophones. Uh, at the Grahamstown National Arts Festival, it completely swamped the orchestra. You wow. could not hear the orchestra yeah. when these things were being played. played. And there must have been a group of four of them or five, I think. Uh, but that's how loud they were. And they had good resonators. Yes. Yeah. So the chopi, they are called xylophones, which I'm also not 100% sure of the historical It's the same place, principle. But though. it's all the yeah. same principle. And the, those, the chopi xylophone, and even the marimbas played throughout Zimbabwe. And then we have what's called akadindas, which are played seated with four people to per side, so literally around the instrument, almost always played in a group, so not as one person. So that's also quite different from the concert 
or Western marimba. So I often find that people uh, refer to marimbas in the plural form. And and uh, then at the back of my mind, I'm thinking, that's okay, the one that I have is big enough. I don't need more than one. But it's that concept. So as a marimbist, you are almost like a one-man band. You know, I, I can play with the four mallets, four sticks, two in the left hand, two in the right hand. So it means I can accompany myself. Yeah, you can so play it, chords it's, it's like a bit a, like a piano. Yes. Yeah. So that's why it can be played. I mean, it can, of course, also be played by two people on one instrument. More than two becomes a little bit, uh, you know, on one marimba becomes a bit... Um, Invasive of space. Yes, yes. <laughs> but even still today, it, it's the national instrument of Guatemala, and they have a lot of marimba orchestras. Um, a lot of their folk music, a lot of their dances are accompanied by marimba. And there, again, it's played in groups. Um, and they often have two people per instrument. Um, but going back to... Uh, you know, sort of more Western music. This is also, like they would say in the movies, an hour for something completely different. An absolutely wonderful piece of music um, by the Russian composer uh, Dmitry Sostakovich. And I'm sure the listeners would know the the little tune T for Two. But this, I don't think many people would have heard. So Sostakovich did an an arrangement of theme and variations on T for two. And I'm sure for the orchestra, it must be a big party to play that this was music. Tahiti Trot or T for two, an arrangement by Dmitry Shostakovich. And I just want to tell the listeners that that was actually set as a challenge. Someone said to Shostakovich, I bet you cannot orchestrate this piece in one hour. And Shostakovich sat down and he actually finished that piece, I have to tell you, in 45 minutes. How amazing is that? The whole piece. And in fact, we played it in a concert recently um, with Charles Duplessis. He was uh, in the concert at um, Ode Libertas near Stellenbosch. And it goes down very well with the audience because, of course, it's a very familiar tune. And the orchestra there was the Scottish National Orchestra and was conducted by Niemi Yervi. And that was the choice of Magdalena de Vries, who's my guest in People of Note this evening. Marimbas have become very popular in schools, and there are also quite big festivals around. Um, there's quite a big one that's run here, I know, here in Gauteng, and schools come from all over the place to Absolutely. play there. And, I mean, I don't know how many marimbas they've had in a hall at the same time. Mm. I can't imagine the, the volume of noise. Have you been to those festivals? Yes, and in fact, uh, I will be involved in the festival again this year. It's um, it's put on by Education Africa, and it takes place at St. Dominic's School for Girls in Boxburg. And it's, I haven't quite figured out what could be a good collective noun for marimbas, but it could be, uh, it's not a swarm of marimbas, it's maybe a madness of marimbas. So it's it's like a big sports like the gym. I'm not sure, maybe about easily 600 uh, marimbas fit into that hall. And the sound they, is unbelievable. Yes, I mean, they're not 
played simultaneously. They normally do, uh, so the festival director is Joan Lithgow, um, and she normally does a, a one um, massed item where the people get taught a new song. So then it's all of the instruments played simultaneously. But otherwise, it is, uh, you know, different bands, and it could be either just marimbas, they sometimes combine it with some drums, they combine it with steel drums or steel pans. Um, and in fact, it's uh, it has attracted international attention. So there are people, there have been people, I think, from parts of Africa, uh, Nigeria, I think, have been there. And even a few groups from the United States come out to be part okay. of this festival. So it's competitive, but it's not... Um, you know, not like a... a, a it's more for fun. More for fun. Yeah. Prizes are... There are some proper prizes, but they are also like chocolate prizes for the person who smiles the most. And, the, or you know, when the adjudicator feels that this person really did his or her best or something. And, and they have been also uh, in the uh, past years where I've been um, there, uh, a school for the blind... A marimba band so so it's actually it, it's quite empowering i think the reason why it's such a popular instrument is because it's a very physical the physical activity really means that um you invest your whole body into the instrument and you can learn to play quite quickly and you can learn to play quite quickly i know i've watched uh, a good friend of mine brian clark who takes a sort of group of raw recruits mm. And in a couple of hours, he's made them into a team that can play a tune. He Absolutely. plays the main melody yes, and they play the harmonies. But it's amazing how mm. quickly you can get to work on this. Yes, because I think with a lot of other instruments, you know, producing a sound is, is, is part of the, the challenge. Whereas obviously with the marimba, I mean, it can be an ugly sound that you can produce. But when you hit the instrument, something will come out. Yeah. But also, yes. I think we mustn't forget that um, a lot of this, the marimba movement and the steel drums were due to the Tracy family. Absolutely. Who, and I think they're very important in the history of music in South totally. Africa, yeah. both for their recordings of, of um, indigenous music in South Africa, mm -hmm. but also for the fact that they introduced, Andrew Tracy particularly, introduced yes. steel pans and marimbas. And marimbas, yeah. Yeah, and he still, I don't think he plays a lot anymore, but he's still in Grahamstown an active sort of member of of the musical society. Um, so now something completely different. I think I mentioned earlier my very high regard for Johann Sebastian Bach. And uh, I did play piano as a, as a child, well, for my whole school career, but... I suppose being a short person, the other thing attached to it is not having big hands. So I could only get so far. But I love listening to piano music. And one of the ultimate pieces of music is the Goldberg Variations, composed by Johann Sebastian Bach. And this is the, the aria um, performed by Glenn Gould. Now, he's got an interesting history also because he recorded this piece twice in his career. Um, once fast and once slow, if I can put it so simplistically. But it's just absolutely sublime 
music. So it's the aria of Goldberg Variations. That was a recording of Glenn Gould playing the aria from the Goldberg Variations. And the reason that they're called the Goldberg Variations was because they were commissioned uh, by a man and they were played by a Mr. Goldberg. And he commissioned them to put him to sleep because he was not a good sleeper. And so he commissioned these pieces to be played while he was trying to go to sleep. Um, I hope you're not going to sleep just yet because we've still got a while to go on the program. But that was the wonderful uh, aria from the Goldberg Variations, the choice of Magdalena de Fries, who's my guest in People of Note. Do you ever get a chance to play the piano still yourself? Very little. I've got a beautiful piano at home, uh, an upright Blutner, which I believe is quite unusual um, to have because most of them are obviously concert uh, grand pianos, uh, but not enough. I think it's it's funny how one, you know, you get into your routine of doing and preparing for concerts and um, before you know it, six months have passed and you haven't. So I try to, and sometimes with my students, uh, I teach at the Pretoria High School for Girls and uh, Afrikaans were Macy's School, also in Pretoria. Um, so then I try to, if it's simple enough pieces to accompany, I try to do some playing. I just want to talk about your family for a moment, though, too, because uh, your family are very supportive of you. Mm -hmm. uh, you have a brother who's a professor at university. Uh, yes. Uh, but your your other brother comes often to concerts. Yes. And And he's a very special person in your life because he has Down's syndrome. Uh, but he really enjoys his music. And it's wonderful that you bring him along to concerts. Just talk about that for a moment, because yes. he really has a special appreciation of music. Yes, yes. Oh, and I think he's your number one fan. <laughs> uh, it's fascinating. I mean, I, I think that's the whole thing about music that, you know, it, it crosses all boundaries. And, and this is boundaries of time, space, Age, understanding everything so he's always perhaps because he you know grew up in a house where there was always music my mom played uh, the church organ she also did piano and harpsichord um, and we all sang <laughs> at various points in time um, so I think that really nurtured his his love for music but he's quite amazing and, and, and it's not, you know, it's not simplistic music that he likes. It's really, he, he gets moved by opera, especially opera. And, uh, especially Sopranos. And I sopranos, think. Yes, sopranos, yes, yes, yes. At first he was just, it was just Pavarotti. That was the only singer in the world for him. And I can understand why he loves his voice. But he loves Sopranos if they are attractive even better <laughs> and um yes so it's fascinating to see how he can communicate his uh love and appreciation for the music not necessarily uh in a verbal way i mean he's not uh, for the listeners uh, so he's down syndrome but he's also on the autism spectrum but i mean he's verbal to a uh, 
you know, to a certain extent. I know sometimes I'm the only one who can understand what he's saying. If he gets overexcited, then he tends to stutter. But um, yes, it's he, he loves music. And I think I, I've learned a lot yeah, about music say, from you, him. You see, you see uh, music through his eyes Absolutely. sometimes. And yes. I think that must make yes. uh, a big difference. Yes, and he's very excited about the Rossini Stabat Mater. In fact, he plans his, his calendar around musical events. And various Don't we all? things. Uh, well, exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so he's definitely a, a, a very good patron for the arts. Um, and so, uh, something completely wacky. <laughs> Talking about good quality music, and this is not not good quality music, but actually it isn't. There was a wonderful woman by the name of Florence Foster Jenkins who was convinced that she could sing. And she attempted many things, um, including the Queen of the Night. So this is a fantastic original recording of Florence Foster Jenkins um, doing the Queen of the Night. Now, I think just for the listeners, Florence Foster Jenkins used to hire the Carnegie Hall to perform in. And uh, she thought she was a wonderful singer, but most people knew she wasn't a wonderful singer. So what you're going to hear now is her singing, but it is really extraordinarily bad in many ways. But here it comes, the Queen of the Night, Der Hölle Rache, by Mozart, as sung by Florence Foster Jenkins. That was Florence Foster Jenkins, the amazing American soprano, and I say amazing in inverted commas, uh, singing the Queen of the Night aria in that extraordinary way. And she used to pack out Carnegie Hall with people coming to listen to this amazing performance. My guest tonight is Machta Liena, or Machta de Fries, who is a marimba player. And you're about to go off to Germany to play, well, not just about to go off, but in a couple of months' time, to go and play there. Yes, that's, um, I'll be performing in a concert in Dresden, conducted by Eckhard Klem, who is a colleague of yours, and I've been to South Africa on several occasions. And he's doing a concert, obviously Beethoven, it's a big Beethoven year, uh, the 250th anniversary of his birth. birth. And in fact, he's coming out here to conduct the Missa Solemnis uh, later in the year. Oh, and wow. it was part Fantastic. of this series of concerts, yes. And then including in that concert, he will be, we will be performing Peter Klatso's Mass for Horn, Marimba and uh, Strings, um, which Eckhart conducted here in South Africa in 2015. So he felt it would be good to have South African marimbist. So that, of course, for me is very exciting to have. Yeah, the and they're using all South African solos for that performance as well, which yes. is uh, a wonderful thing. And then they're coming out here to join us for our performance in October here. So that's going to be something very special to look forward to. And in fact, Machta um, has highlighted a few things. Good Friday was one of them when we're doing the Rossini Stabat Mater at the Linda Auditorium, and now the Mrs. Solemnus later in the year because of Beethoven, of course. 
And actually, I think Beethoven would lend himself well to the marimba. I can I can hear some of the pieces I, being played on the marimba. Yes, I actually uh, fairly recently performed Beethoven's Spring Sonata, so that's Sonata Number no. Five, originally for the violin, um, on the marimba, and it was beautiful. I mean, I suppose I'm allowed to say that yeah. from a musical point of view, very different from the violin. I had several audience members comment afterwards that they heard things that they've never heard um, in the violin version because no. obviously the timbres of the instruments are different. They blend differently, the marimba and piano. Uh, but yes, I do enjoy performing um, transcriptions. Uh, also, obviously, because the, the marimba didn't exist yes. in the time that these... And in fact, uh, we play quite a lot of your transcriptions here on Classic 1027. I'm thinking yeah. of uh, Baroque music, which yes. seems to suit... The marimba quite Very well too. So. Yes, so um, yes, so the the, the violin sonata for uh, piano and well, sonata for violin and piano, which I performed then on the marimba, really worked beautifully. Um, and speaking of violin, then uh, I would like to listen to a piece by Aram Kachaturian. Uh, I do enjoy listening to variety of music um often i just listen to the same bach cd over and over <laughs> but occasionally i branch out and this is uh, the first movement of his concerto for violin kataturian's uh, concerto for violin and i i just love the the fire in in the music so uh, that's why i've chosen it here it comes that was part of the Violin Concerto by Aram Kachaturian. The violinist was Ruggiero Ricci, and the London Philharmonic Orchestra was conducted by Anatoly Fistulari, the choice of Marta de Fris, who's my guest in People of Note this evening. Marta, we're sort of getting towards the end of the program now, and I just want to uh, talk again about that concert that's coming up on Saturday, the 4th of April, uh, at 7.30. And that's um, the new piece by Franco Prinzlu. Mm. And I think it's amazing uh, how many interesting composers we have in South Africa. Absolutely. Peter Klatso writes very mm. well for Marimba. Mm. And I think Franco Prinzlu is, is developing into an amazing writer for Absolutely. Marimba. Do they come to you for lessons in what to write? To a certain extent, yes. So, so it's often in, in the case of Peter Klatt. So, at the time when he started writing for the marimba, there was a, a American gentleman by the name of Robert Van Zeis, Bob Van Zeis, who was actually the timpanist of the then Cape Town Symphony Orchestra (CTSO). Um, but I think marimba was his favorite. Uh, quite interestingly so. And so Peter started writing for him. So it become, I mean, it's a very symbiotic relationship uh, because really we need one another. And, and if we can learn from one another, that's, you know, all the, be all the more better. Um, so in the case of Franco and when I commission composers, they would write something and I would say that either this is not possible or try this or 
often they would come to my house and, you know, even experiment, experiment and, yeah. and play around for themselves to just understand also in terms of what is physically possible. Not, uh, you know, these are, I think, definitely me and everyone of us, we enjoy a challenge, but there are th certain things that are just not physically yeah. or practically possible. Well, and they not only expect you to play the marimba, but a whole lot of other instruments yes. at the same time. Exactly. I remember yes. uh, for the work we did with the leaves that we talked about earlier, you were surrounded by tam-tams and bells yes. and cymbals and, and, and all sorts tom -toms, of things. Tom lots of things. But yeah. it's beautiful the, um, how the sounds blend. And, and Franco does love that too. So yes, so, so it really is very much a... Um, a reciprocal learning experience um, and he has I obviously have the music and and I've given him s some feedback but it's the more we learn the better we yeah. we get at our trade and so also, it really is yeah. like that and just for the listeners who may hear some percussion in the background of this recording <laughs> uh, it's work on the building next door as they hammer on the roof or wherever they're hammering it sounds just like a bit of percussion going on in the background, so I apologize <laughs> for that. And I see Mataba Taba smiling as we talk about this because it's always the nightmare for the recording controller engineer to have to deal with all these extraneous sounds. So uh, your next choice of music is going to be? So I love film music. Um I'm not sure, you know, I suppose we don't always understand why we love the music that we love. Uh, and I love the desert. <laughs> uh, I think partly because my father was born in the desert. Uh, so this is a track from the soundtrack of The English Patient, which was a, a beautiful film quite some years ago. Um, and... It really, for me, I can just see the desert uh, while the music is playing. It's called Rupert Bear. So that was Rupert Bear from The English Patient, uh, the choice of Marthe de Vries. And we are sort of winding up fast now at the end of the program. Uh, all these concerts that have been talked about, you'll find on websites, I guess, Marthe. There must be a website somewhere. Do you have a website? I do have a website. Can you just tell it us about is it? It's just www. and then my whole full long name. Magdalena <laughs> de Vries dot com. So it's Magdalena. Magdalena. Magdalena de Vries dot com. Dot com. And then um, Franco Prenzluer is is on Facebook. He's on Instagram. Uh, so and he definitely is sharing. The whole journey of this new piece, Kreis van die Liefde, uh, on Instagram. Uh, so I'm sure the listeners can find him there. And it will be also on the UNISA website because it's done in partnership with the Afrikaans department of UNISA. Uh, the concert on the 4th of April at the ZK Matthews Auditorium in Pretoria. There, well, there are all the details. Saturday the 4th of April, 7.30pm at the ZK Matthews Hall. And I just want to say thank you to Magdalena de Vries for coming in to record this program, which you've been listening to, People of Note on Classic 1027. And thank you to Matabataba Khadebe, who's helped us put it all together. And until next time, from all of us here at Classic 1027, we wish you a very good night.